at 9 p.m. So come and join us for one of those services. Okay? And the 5 p.m. service, think of it as family friendly. The 9 p.m. will be live streamed. So for anybody interested in that as well. So that's just a small list. There is lots more going on in Unity Minneapolis. You can find out that information out in the Garden Court. And also, if you don't already receive our weekly digital newsletter, the Peak at the Week, you can sign up for that out in the Garden Court as well. Now here's Reverend Penn. Join me in our opening prayer. Let's just go with them. We are so grateful this morning grateful for the opportunity to come together as a spiritual family, spiritual community, to begin this Advent season. We recommit ourselves to a greater awareness of ever-growing presence within us. We give thanks for this beautiful day. We are indeed grateful. We say thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And one more time. Thank you, God. Let's applaud this day. Let's stand together as we sing, O Coming Faithful.
Thank you and be seated. Advent begins today. We start a four-week journey into Christmas. And today we will light our first Advent candle. Each Sunday we will light one more candle than the week before as we prepare ourselves for the birth of the Christ child within us. Our Advent week is round, without beginning or end, to represent the completeness that we have in Christ, God in us. Our first candle represents hope, faith. And as we light our candle of hope and faith, let us awaken to a new awareness of the gift that is ours to discover, the gift of the Christ presence. And I'm going to invite Dean and Jess and Julian and Emerald St. Germain to come forth and light our Advent candle for us. Yeah. Great job. Let us pray together. Father, Mother God, we welcome hope and we welcome faith today. We welcome an increased awareness of our true selves as children of God. We dedicate this time of Advent to sharing our true selves with all who come into our lives. And may we discover the joy and the peace of Christmas. And together we say amen. Together, amen. Now let's affirm together our core values found in your order of service. Our core values. We are loving, transforming, welcoming, spirit-filled, prosperous, and joyful. As you can see, one of our core values is that of welcoming. Therefore, one of our favorite things to do each and every Sunday morning is to welcome our guests. So my dear friends, if you're with us today for the first, second, or third time, please allow us to honor your presence here. Just take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise my hand. First, second, or third time guests, keep your hands up, please, until our ushers get to you. Keep your hands up, please, until our ushers get to you. That packet of information you're receiving tells you a lot about Unity Minneapolis. The rose you're receiving this morning is a gift from our congregation so that we can easily recognize you and give you that very personal welcome. There's a pink card, and if you choose to turn that into our book desk, we have a gift for you, a copy of today's service and also a beautiful pamphlet about Unity, and also a card, thank you for visiting Unity Minneapolis, that entitles you to a 20% discount on your purchase in our bookstore. So fill out that pink card, turn that into our book desk, and let us truly have a record of your visit. We appreciate you being here. All of that's important, and yet one of the most important things that I say each and every Sunday morning is this, and that is, my dear friend, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you are welcome here. We welcome you, we bless you, we behold the living presence of the divine within you. Let's appreciate our guest this morning, okay? <laughs>
Also, it is December, birthdays and anniversaries. The first Sunday of the month, we, uh, we honor birthdays and anniversaries for December. We invite you to stand if you're celebrating a birthday or anniversary this month. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Remain standing for a while. I see Reverend Jeanette stood in the back. She has a birthday today, and it is, ah. Uh, I told her, Reverend Jeanette, this is a speed bump birthday for you. Use your imagination. Obviously, for the month of December, the power is life, life, sweet life. The disciple is Judas, and life is your ability to energize, vitalize, enliven, and invigorate. And the affirmation is, I am filled with life, sweet life. Together, I am filled with life, sweet life. And again, I am filled with life, sweet life. Let's appreciate these marvelous anniversaries and birthdays. Now let us all stand together as we welcome each other with a handshake, a hug, a smile. Ask before you hug. Nice job. We got it in the end. He loves it. Dan George. So, so if you did not get a chance to speak to the person you wanted to speak with, we invite you to join us for coffee and tea following today's service. I also want to especially thank those that are streaming with us today. We just know in our heart there's a huge crowd streaming with us today, and we're grateful to have you. We certainly are. Uh, I just, Patty Peterson is always good to have here, and Patty Peterson, um, I just saw a, doc, saw a special on, uh, what's, let me have the right channel on television. Yes, and the Peterson family was just installed into the Minnesota Music Hall of Fame. Wow, so it's always a pleasure to have Patty Peterson with us. Let us prepare for the reading of the Daily Word, the Daily Word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the Daily Word. As the usher brings down the prayer box, you're invited to mentally add your prayers to the written requests in the box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they're forwarded to silent unity where they're prayed for with an additional 30 days. The word for today is hope and faith. We affirm Christ's awareness is born in me. Hope is the window through which I glimpse the good that is yet to come in my life. Feelings of hopefulness kindle my zeal, imagination, love, and perhaps most important, my faith. As my hope matures into faith, I begin to realize that the good that I am hoping for 
is already mine. The journey to Christmas is our shared human story of realizing our indwelling Christ presence. This journey begins in hope and faith. As I start growing in spiritual awareness, I begin to feel hopeful. I learn that the Christ, the image and likeness of God, is my spiritual nature. My hope for the future becomes my faith in the present as I celebrate Christ awareness alive in me and expressing as me. And scripture tells us, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. The word for today is hope and faith. And now I invite you to join me in a few moments of meditation as we're welcoming in this first Sunday of Advent. We're welcoming faith and hope. Through the season of Christ, we often will feel happy, joyous, celebrating. 
But there may also be feelings of sadness, loneliness, stress, or anxiety. So wherever you find yourself, however you are feeling, bring yourself into this moment. As I invite you to turn within, away from the activities, the noise, to that quiet place inside. Follow your breath as you feel it slow down and relax into this moment. Come into your heart center. Feel the presence at your heart. Find that manger scene, that place of the birth of that Christ light that is within you. Feel that center of light and peace as it is reborn in your awareness and feel the power of faith and hope rise up. Let this be like a warm embrace. Feel that deep love and acceptance. This is the divine Christ child presence in you. Hold that feeling. Be in that presence for just a moment as we move into the silence. Into the silence.
gently. Allow that presence to fill your being as you come back to this room, this place, this moment. Let that sense of holiness come with you. As I close, let these words resonate as your own. My whole life and everything in it takes place within the infinite. The power of faith and hope and might of the divine is in every breath I take. And I know there is nothing I will ever face alone. I feel within my heart for the Christ presence and I call forth faith which moves through me with every heartbeat. And so it is. Namaste. such spirit
Thank you. On the outskirts of a small town, there was a big old pecan tree just inside the cemetery, right inside the fence. And one day, two boys filled up a bucket full of nuts and sat down by the tree out of sight and began dividing the nuts. One for you, one for me. One for you, one for me, said one boy. And several dropped and rolled down toward the fence. Another boy came riding along the road in his bicycle. And as he passed, he thought he heard voices from inside the cemetery. He slowed down to investigate. And sure enough, he heard, one for you and one for me. One for you and one for me. He just knew that he knew what it was. He jumped back on his bike, rode off. And just around the bend, he met an old man with a cane hobbling along. Come here quick, said the boy. You won't believe what I heard. The devil and the Lord are down at the cemetery dividing up the souls. The man said, beat it, kid. Can't you see it's hard for me to walk? And when the boy insisted, though, the man hobbled slowly to the cemetery. And standing by the fence... He heard, one for you and one for me. One for you and one for me. The old man whispered, boy, you've been telling the truth all along. Let's see if we can see the Lord. Shaken with fear, they peered through the fence and yet were still unable to see anything. The old man and the boy gripped the wrought iron bars of the fence tighter and tighter as they tried to get a glimpse of the Lord. At last they heard, one for you and one for me. That's all. Now let's go get those nuts by the fence and we'll be done. <laughs> they say that the old man had the lead for a good half mile before the kid on the bike passed him. Needless to say. Approved by Reverend Jeanette this morning. We give thanks for that. You know, we begin the first Sunday of Advent. And, and Advent uh, is really about waiting, about waiting for the coming. And initially when Advent was truly instituted in the fourth century, it was about the, the second coming, the second coming of Jesus. People were waiting for the second coming of Jesus. And so the first two, that then they, when the Christmas time, the date was set on December the 25th, then they made it the coming of Jesus, coming back physically in the flesh, but also about waiting for his birth. And eventually it, it morphed into, the church morphed it into a time of waiting for the birth of Jesus, waiting for the birth, the, that coming of Jesus. 
Now, the Advent season is the time for increasing our own experience of the Christ's presence. It is truly a time of preparation, of making room in our lives for a greater awareness in truth, a greater awareness that we are spiritual beings. And if you think about this Advent season, what do we have to do in order to make room in our lives for a greater awareness of this divine presence? Probably different things for different people seated here this morning. But more than likely from all of us, it's about slowing down a little bit. Slowing down and staying in that real spirit of Christmas. Making room in our heart and in our mind for that greater awareness. Of course, this morning we had the first candle of hope that was lit. And Charles Fillmore says something about hope. He says, and first of all, I just want to say that I'm so grateful that this year, Unity put hope and faith together. I stood up and shouted when I read the Christmas booklet. They usually pick one or the other. Have you noticed that? They usually pick hope or they usually pick faith. And so I was, I need to write them and tell them how pleased I am that they did that, you know. But needless to say, Charles Fillmore says this about hope and faith. He says, hope is the expectation of good in the future. It is a quality, good as far as it goes, of sense mind, because it's subject to time. And faith is a certain knowledge that our good is ours right here and right now. It is God. It goes beyond time and space. And in the booklet that you have not, that is yours for the taking, if you've not picked it up, I invite you to do so, on the Christmas in my heart, Christmas for my friends, published by Unity, and one of the articles this week is written by Michael Jameson. And I love the way he explained faith and hope and belief. He says, hope is emotional. Hope is emotional. And I think our spiritual journey begins with emotion. Hope is emotion. And we want something different in our life. And that is where the spiritual journey often begins. In that desire for things to be different and the desire for us to hope that it will be different. So he says, hope is emotional. He says, belief is intellectual. Belief is intellectual. And he says, faith is spiritual. Think of it this way. Things might work out favorable with hope. Things could work out favorable with belief. Things will work out favorable with faith if we fully surrender our will to spirit. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And I think in our spiritual journey, that's kind of where we go sometimes. We go to, you know, hope, and then we have a stronger feeling about it, and that is our intellect that's telling us, yes, it just might work out. And then it moves to faith. It moves to faith in that we know that we know that we know, especially when we surrender our life to the divine presence within. Jim Rosemergy, in one of his books, he talks about the importance of hope turning into faith. I use this every time. I think I use it every time I preach on hope. So forgive me or not. So, you know... My mother used to say, you can hope till the cows come home, but you better go out and round them up. 
You see, hope does not become faith until we put action to it. And that is when it becomes faith. First, it often begins with interaction. But more than likely, it takes us to that place of outer action in our life. And then it becomes faith. Faith is that deep inner knowing that what we seek is already ours. Faith is about the complete trust in God and surrendering ourselves to the will of God as we understand that. And I love the way that the Jafala says in the quest. They say, faith is like tofu. It absorbs whatever it partners with. Think of that. Faith is like tofu. You know, you cooks out there. You know it absorbs whatever you put it with. And faith is the same way. We can, put our, we can choose where we're going to put our faith. I love the fact that I, and I love to say, we are always faithing. We are always faithing. It's a matter of where we're placing our faith. We can place our faith in the not so sure. We can place our faith in the negative. We can place our faith in lack and limitation. We can place our faith in prosperity. We can place our faith in illness and sickness. We can place our faith in wellness and wholeness. But faith takes on whatever we put it with. Also, I love the fact that they talk about faith can only go to the, the limits. Faith can only extend to the self-imposed boundaries of your present consciousness. I want to say that again. Faith can only extend to the self-imposed boundaries of your present consciousness. The Jafalas again right? Although your faith is limitless, faith can only extend to the self-imposed boundaries of your present consciousness. It can go no further. Your present consciousness creates an artificial boundary which limits your faith, and, and limited faith can only express in limited ways. How can your faith in abundant prosperity not be limited if your consciousness has that, I'll never be able to afford that? You see, we can talk the game, but it's our consciousness within that is the true game. How can you direct much faith in your innate wholeness if your consciousness has faith that I'll get heart disease because it runs in my family? Or I will be a diabetic because it runs in my family? This idea is so important that it, it bears repeating. Faith can only reach to the self-imposed boundaries of your present consciousness. It can go no further. So I think most of us sitting here, we want that consciousness to grow, do we not? We want it to grow so that our faith can grow as well. And there's several things, obviously, that, that we can do, that we can do to increase our consciousness and increase our faith. And one of those things is, to begin blessing things in our life. Begin looking at the good in our life. Begin affirming that what we want is present. Begin this process, and as we do, our belief increases, our faith increases. And as a result of that, our consciousness increases. 
Yes, it is important that we continue to transform our lives through raising our consciousness. I also, this Christmas, wanted to touch on some things that Ellen Davenport, Ellen Davenport, she's been here before. She's the author of The Five Principles. She's becoming one of my contemporary gurus. She's a fabulous writer. But she's recently written an article about things that we can do when our life seems to be in turmoil. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up in the morning, and if you listen to the news more than five minutes, you know that there's things out there, and we can easily absorb that in our own life. We can hear about bombings. We can hear about uh, shootings. We can hear about change in weather. We can hear about migrants at the border, people at the border, children at the border. We can hear all of these things, can we not? And you've heard them. And it's not our job to put our head in the sand. But it is our job to practice truth and to know this truth. And she says right in the midst of this stuff, there's some things that we can do. And one of the things that she talked about, which is not often talked about here, is be aware of spiritual bypass. I'd really never heard that term, spiritual bypass, before. Spiritual bypass is sometimes about putting our head in the sand and pretending it doesn't exist. Let me just cover it up with spiritual affirmations. Or let me slap something on here. I don't want to deal with it. And she says this about spiritual bypass. A spiritual bypass or spiritual bypassing is a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developed tasks. The term was introduced in the early 1980s by John Wellwood, a Buddhist teacher and a psychotherapist. Spiritual bypass can be a defense mechanism. And although defense looks a lot prettier than other defenses, it serves the same purpose. Spiritual bypass yields us, shields us from the truth, it disconnects us from our feelings, and helps us to avoid the big picture. It is more about checking out than checking in. And the difference is so subtle that usually we don't even know that we are doing. Ellen goes on to say, she says, I'm open to the idea that in the end, as we move toward the light, we will look back and see that our lives unfolded perfectly. But in the meantime, I don't believe that we're here to transcend the human experience. It's what we came for, to experience the human experience experience. We knew that in this human experience that there would be pain, there would be drama, there'd be sadness, and it's ours to face it. It's not ours to stay in bed, but make the best of it. It is ours to get up and be fully human, fully human and yet divine. In our fully humanness, my dear friends, we are to face what comes our way and not necessarily stick our head in the ground. Deny it. There's good use of denials, and there's some use of denials that's not so pretty. 
You know, you may be diagnosed with a, a disease. Well, you know, you can deny it. You can deny it, and you can affirm the truth. But the facts are that that disease is still present. And you just might want to take some action around that disease. Or you may be dealing with an emotional crisis in your life. You can confirm wholeness and wellness, and at the same time, there's stuff for me to do. It might be I need to see a therapist and get some help. We, my dear friends, cannot put our head in the ground. I've used spiritual bypassing, and I've seen it used by people. I've seen it used in an addiction. Let me deny that I have an addiction, that I can't put the drink down. Or let me deny that I, you know, let me deny that, that uh, I am prosperous, I am prosperous, and then I, I go out and I don't, I don't have a dime in my checking account. There's stuff for us to deal with. And there's also, maybe it's time we dealt with our financial health. Or maybe there, we'll deny that sometimes that our relationships are less than healthy. And it's time for us to deal with relationship issues. We can live life to the fullest. And we are called to live fully as a human being, having this spiritual experience. We do not want to transcend our humanity. We want to live it, and we want to live it fully. My dear friends, it's not a time for us to check out. It's a time for us to check in. So she says one of the first things that we can do to experience the peace that we want is not to do spiritual bypass, not to deny what's going on in our human experience, but to embrace it. And as the meditation said, the dark and the light, it's all part of the same. And yes, we'll get back and we'll see eventually that it's all in divine order. But while we're in the midst of it, it is ours and it is ours to live it fully and to embrace the darkness and to the, and the light. The second thing she says that we can do during this, is, this time period is to experience more peace. She says, watch our language. Can we not teach that in here? The power of the spoken word. Our spoken words are creative. And how often we can forget that. And so we want peace in our life, especially around this time of year, regardless of what's going on in the outer world. We can watch our language because once we speak a word, it is like laser light. Thoughts are one thing. And when we put them in words, they become lasers and they become creative so quickly and so fast. Not just about the words that you say to other people but the words that you say to yourself. Those are creative. Those are those thought words. Those are some of the strongest words that we speak, especially when we attach it to the I am, especially when we attach that word to I am. I can't afford this. God says, you're right, you can't. Or I am ill. You're right. Watch our words, for indeed they are creative. Kristen Tippin. I think I pronounced her name correctly. She has a program here in Minneapolis. She's on being. Does anyone ever watch, uh, listen to her? Yes, you know then what a fabulous thing she is. She says, one thing that I'm really aware of, especially right now, 
both with the news from Europe and the news from here, is the attention I pay to language, and I see how we have lapsed into calling the people on ships that are floating perilous around the oceans, or children and parents in detention on our borders, how we call them migrants. And what difference it would be, both for our journalists reporting this and the politicians legislating it, and for us consuming it and figuring out what to do as fellow citizens. I think we have to call, we have to call ourselves always to call them people. People. You know what, doesn't it make a difference when we call them, rather than migrants, we call them people? Suddenly we realize they're like us. They're not somewhere over here, and we're over here. And especially if we teach and we believe our oneness with all, oneness with them. So that's something I pay attention to in my mind. How can I insert my understanding of the power of language in the places I'm working? I don't think that's enough, but I think that's what I can do today. So one way we want to stay at peace is not only not do spiritual bypass, but we also want to watch our language because our language is creative. The word spoken into that invisible substance begins immediately to bring things into manifestation in our life. The third thing I want to mention quickly, she says, <laughs> if we want peace in our life, Ellen says, if we want peace in our life, especially this time of year, we must stay grounded. We must stay grounded. And I love to put it this way. If we, if I want peace in my life, I have to stay anchored in God. And my anchor has to be deep. It has to be deep. So I think sometimes I can ask myself, Okay, staying grounded. I can look what's happening out here in the news, and I can go down that road and live there if I choose to. Or I can absorb that news in a limited way and not live there. And the other thing, my friends, we all have something called the gift of imagination. The gift of imagination. And that is part of staying anchored in God is using my imagination to the best. When I see something, I can go down in a dark rabbit hole and perceive the worst that's going to happen. Why would I do that? Why would you do that? The power of imagination, we can see ourselves not the worst, but the best. We can see ourselves as we want it to be. And through this power of imagination and through our thoughts and through our words, we create our life. So we get to focus, again, it's so much like faith. We get to focus this power of imagination and how we're going to use this imagination in, in, our, in our own life. So she says, stay anchored in God. Relationship issues, stay anchored in God. Addiction issues, stay anchored in God. Health issues. Stay anchored in God and know the truth, the truth that we teach. So this holiday season, we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to create it the way we want to create it. You have that kind of power, and so do I. 
we can create it with peace, joy, or we can create it with confusion, unrest, all the negative things in our life. So we can, this holiday season, be careful. Watch out. I want peace in my life. Then I don't need to do a spiritual bypass. I don't need to deny my humanity. I need to claim my humanity and realize that my humanity is absolute divine. I signed up for this experience, this human experience. You did too. This holiday season, if we want peace in our life, we can watch the power of our spoken word. When we hear something, maybe we hear migrants, we can immediately switch it to people in our own mind. Because our power, the spoken word, creates our reality in our life as well. And then stay grounded. Stay anchored in God. I love you. I bless you. Behold the living presence of God within you as it flows through you, as that creative force always moving through you. And we say, thank you, God. And so it is. And your child 
too We'll see the day of glory See the day when all our goodwill Live in peace, live in peace again Can it be? Can it be? Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Patty. Um, this morning, I, was, I want to thank you for being here this morning. I just really do. And I want to thank those that are streaming with us this morning. I was out in the vestibule earlier today, and I said, oh, it's so good to have you here. And the person that will remain anonymous says, I had no problem drink, driving to the bars when I was drinking. I guess I can drive to church when I'm sober. <laughs> I thought, oh, my gosh. So I want to thank you for being here today. And the bars are open this afternoon, if that's what you want to do. So I'm going to invite you to make a gift to Unity Minneapolis. Those that are streaming with us, we lovingly invite you to make that gift to Unity Minneapolis as well. Let's just take a moment and take our gift in our hand and go within. Take that deep breath, and now let us firm together our offertory blessing together. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am and silence. So let's take a moment as we bless these gifts, and we bless the gifts that's been received in the mail this week. We bless those participating in our consistent giving program, unexpected income program. We bless all of these gifts, and we send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world. Thank you. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen.
Laurie Dawkins. Always good to have her here. Thank you very much, Laurie. Our on-duty Unity Prayer Chaplains, we invite you to please stand for a moment. These individuals arrived early. They held sacred space here in the sanctuary. And they're here to hold that sacred space with you and to listen with the ears of their heart and to pray aloud with you, then to hold what they have heard in the strictest of confidence. So today, if you have a hope, a dream, a vision, by all means, seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. Thank you for your service, and you may be seated. Don't forget that this Monday night is a board informational meeting concerning service on our Board of Trustees. If you're ready to serve or not ready to serve, you're invited to that meeting. You're invited to that meeting to find out more about the board and what is required. And so if you're, something inside of you has said, ooh, I might want to do that, then more than likely that spirit speaking with you or Reverend Pat, one or the other, saying come, okay? So come and be a part of that. And then on Wednesday night is one of my favorite services. We have our remembrance service coming up. We have that opportunity to remember those that have gone before us, especially this time of year. And if you were not, cannot be here, there's a sign-up sheet in the garden court where we can light a candle. We'll light a candle for your loved one that's transitioned. It's a beautiful service, and we invite you to come and to be a part of that as well. I want to do a special shout-out for our marvelous decor team. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I, thought, I thought of them because they were on the day after Thanksgiving. I was not here. It was wonderful. and They were here. That was wonderful, too. Thank you so much. Thank you, decor team. You know, um, each and every year at this time, I stand here and ask you to make a, a year-end gift over and above your normal giving. That's right, over and above your normal giving. We do some wonderful things here. Nancy Merritt is in the house, and Nancy's going to share why she makes a year-end gift over and above her normal giving to Unity Minneapolis. Good morning. Good morning. Nobody twisted my arm. But if you're asked to do something, just do it. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> um, when I was getting, thinking about what I wanted to say this morning, I woke up one morning and two words came to my head, and they were detachment and gratitude. And it really does sum up why I give a year-end gift. There's kind of two sides to this for me. And a big lesson in my life is to learn to detach, uh, to not cling to thinking that there are limited resources for me. I've learned here to know and truly know what the source of my good is. But the world has a way of creeping in, and telling me otherwise. It tells me to protect. It tells me to say I've done enough to hold on to things. But I know my lesson is different, and it's personal. It may not be your lesson. It is mine. And mine is to stop the voices and to challenge myself, which means to stretch just a little more. And Nancy, you know that spirit will turbo boost your spiritual growth. It works every time. I know that. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean financially, it means spiritual growth. It comes in all sorts of forms. And after all, that's what I ask for. So the detachment part is one of the reasons that I give. The other one, which is way easier for me, is gratitude. And I received a really fun gift this fall. I had my sister over for dinner one night, we did. And she brought along a little gift, and it's, yeah, I don't expect you to read it. It's just a little plate, and it has a pumpkin on it, and it says, grateful. I said, oh, that's really awesome. Thanks for that. And she goes, well, you're always talking about how grateful you are. And I went, wow. 
the fact that it's showing up is huge for me. So um, it stopped me in my tracks. And that's what I've learned here, that some of the growth, the turbo growth I received from Unity Minneapolis, and it's true, I often have to stop and try and just absorb the good in my life and how that has ex exponentially changed since I walked through these doors in 2012. These teachings work, doing the work works, and where better to send my blessings. So I invite you to think about you know, what's being stirred for you um, as this year ends. It may be similar to me, it may be completely different, but listen to it, whatever it is. And I invite you to consider a year-end gift to Unity Minneapolis, not because spirit needs your money, but for whatever reason is coming up for you. So Margie Olson and I will be at the table in the garden court to answer your questions and take your gifts at the end of the service. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy Mary. Thank you. Let's bring our children in. I invite you to please stand. Thanks for bringing your kiddos today. Oh, we had a great time upstairs. And I would like to remind you that today you can support our Uniteens by purchasing coffee, tea, or chocolate-covered espresso beans in the Friendship Hall. So check that out. And it's also poinsettia pickup day. So if you ordered a poinsettia for yourself, uh, your name will be on the list in the back. And we'll have some YOUers there to check you out. So check that out. And thanks for being here. Happy Advent. And let's appreciate these adult volunteers up here. Yeah. Let us know together our prayer for protection and our peace song. Together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is, I am divine, and all is swell.
So delightful. Since we got no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And don't show signs of stopping. I brought some corn for popping. Like turn away now, let it snow, snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out of the storm. Sing it again. Let's do one more time.